roses are red and also pink and yellow and white. They can be any color, really. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's Extraordinary Etiquette. For Ordinary Occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Thank you for asking. I'm doing okay, too. <laughs> this weather. <laughs> just Am I right? Won't, it won't settle out, you know? Some yeah. days it's warm, some days it's cold. You know? You just took your headphones off. You usually keep them on. No, I don't. You don't? Are <laughs> you sure? I've never kept them on in, the, in any of our recordings. <laughs> so this is our first episode of Schmanner. <laughs> so we're still figuring some stuff out. Um, I don't know. What do we usually talk about? What's this show? What this, do we do? This show is about the language of flowers. Like so, how flowers talk to each other? No. You whisper to the bees. Tell the bees your secrets. And they whisper them to the daisies. What is that from? The be- Tell the Bees Your Secrets? Yeah. It, I feel like that was, isn't that in a play? Uh, Yes. But I can't remember what. Is it Oscar Wilde? No. I like to tell the bees. I tell the bees my secrets. I feel like it's in first person. I don't know. I anyway. know that's something that's at the Museum for Jurassic Technology because there's a whole thing about Tell It to the Bees. Oh, it's, that's what you were referencing. But I also... Can I remember Cincinnati actor Sherman Frazier talking about yes. telling it to the bees in a play? And I can't now remember. See, that was the image that I had. In Maybe the... it's uh, Graves of Wrath? Talking no. About te- no. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, it is. No. Oh, that's it... where she said, don't tell me to shush. No, you're right. No, uh, it was Drew why... Frazier. Drew Frazier uh, shushed her and she said, why I gotta shush. Uh, it's a great play. Hi. <laughs> anyway. This is a this is a podcast where Teresa and I try to remember things from things that have happened in our lives but that it's you not, won't remember. It's, it's not. not that. We talk about <laughs> etiquette and, uh, this week in in uh, celebration or I guess in I uh, let's say in observance of Valentine's Day. We're gonna say it with flowers. Here's the thing. Just a quick note about Valentine's Day. If you want to celebrate, totally cool. If you don't want to, totally cool. It's one of those things, you know, if you're like, oh, we're going to make today special. Cool. That's up to you. If you don't want to make that special, that's up to you, too. Here at Schmanix, we don't judge. Teresa and I, we don't usually go for doing too much stuff. Most of the time, we go out on dates on February 13th, and that's just And then we thing. buy candy on February 15th. Yeah, we do. So, saying it with flowers is a time-honored tradition from, like, thousands of years ago well really yeah for real um i would have guessed victorian well okay well yes also yes okay the victorian era was when it became suddenly super cool to do it Uh right um but there's a lot of symbolism that goes back to the middle east uh asia um other places like that it flowers used were used as symbols in the hebrew bible uh, mentioned particularly in Song of Songs as an emblem for the Israelite people. 
Uh huh. Um, Shakespeare used flowers to designate things. I mean, a lot later. Uh, yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't in no, the no, Bible. No, 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 no. He wasn't in the Bible, but in but Hamlet. what if he was? Here's how I imagine that going. No, one of uh, Shakespeare's most famous uh, lines arose by any other name. Exactly. Um, and this art. And that, by the way, just uh, I like to break in wherever I can with a little Shakespeare interpretation. That is saying uh, uh, a rose, no matter what you call it, would still smell sweet. Just in case you were wondering what that line means, because a rose by any other name would smell sweet. Because uh, it's Juliet talking about how if Romeo wasn't named uh, Montague, if he wasn't Romeo, what's in a name? A rose by any other name would still smell good, right? Right. I mean, so that's when he mentioned it in... Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, but it's also in Hamlet. A rose. What does he say about a rose in Hamlet? Why can't I, I don't think he says anything about roses. What's he say about flowers in Hamlet? Oh, well, there's the whole thing of uh, Ophelia doing the ro- the flowers on her father's grave. And For each remembrance. One so, yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. Well, listen, he's he wrote a lot, and he said flowers a lot in all of them, but there's flowers in all of them, okay? Can we just drop it? Okay. Talk about something else? Yes, Let's because... Let's talk about chocolates. No. Okay. King Charles brought uh, flora, floriography, which is the crypt- cryptological communication through flowers. I... I've never heard that word before, and I love it. Floriography. Sounds like a dance a flower does. It does. I've got to go block some floriography. Which is called Hanakotoba in Japan. Uh Uh-huh. He brought it to Sweden from Persia in the 17th century. Now, is this this like, when you say language of flowers, is this... I see. Is it like on uh, gravestones? There used to be like a code of if it featured, you know, an anchor. You knew this about the person if it had a rose. Is that what you mean? Where like, depending on what flower, what color is the message you were sending? Right. Okay, that seems easily mis- misinterpretable. Yes, and that's kind of the fun of it, really. Okay. So this this idea of floriography was coined in the Victorian era because a, a couple of things really came together for this. The first one being that a lot of women got interested in the study of botany uh-huh. um, and a lot of affluent women started growing their own like exotic plants, uh-huh. right? In like these, these greenhouses basically that they would have built on their estates. Um, and so... Pretty much anybody in a certain of a certain socioeconomic status would be able to recognize on site a bunch of different flowers. Um, I'm, I'm looking up because I just got really curious. Uh, the f- um, the first greenhouse uh, was built in the 1800s. I'm trying to figure uh, in Holland. I mean, yeah, so that that tracks, right? So yeah, greenhouse totally. is becoming a thing where you could build, so you could build, uh, you could grow more tropical plants in environments that wouldn't necessarily support it, yeah, right? Okay, and a lot of these plants stemmed from the Victorian stemmed <laughs> uh, 
the Victorian obsession with, quote, Orientalism, end quote. Okay. Which is not something that we would really, like, label it today. Oh, God, But no. just a kind of fascination with all things really Eastern. Yeah. Um, especially during this time, there was a, a, a Egyptian revival. They were discovering mummies and such. And so, like... <laughs> mummies and such. And I just pictured, such. you know, a and new store. No, and I know what you like meant. That. I was just picturing like an aunts and ends kind of store. It was called Mummies and Such. It made me happy. Mm-hmm. It did make me happy. Um, and and the at this point, uh, the Ottoman Empire, Turkey, um, especially especially the court of Constantinople, held a Istanbul. Fast- Hmm. No, sorry, not con- now constant. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay. Held a fascination with tulips, so like totally obsessed with tulips. They were everywhere, and so this was where the Victorians started sending it, almost like you would code emojis, right? Today, okay. now Does you're that make now sense? you're speaking my language. Now, young kids like me can finally <laughs> understand what you're talking about. Um. But they could also have several different meanings according to whatever dictionary you were using, right? Okay. So one of the first ones that was published was... Webster's. No. Um, And I should have known this because it's a le language des fleurs. The yeah. language of flowers. The language of flowers. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that was published in 1819 and became pretty much the definitive version that everybody at the at the at the time used. Um, and these sorts of things were published in magazines, farmers' almanacs, uh, good housekeeping places like that. Everybody seemed to have their own kind of dictionary. So. A lot of flowers had a primary, a secondary, and a color meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, here's the thing: this makes a lot of sense on some level. It, it just speaking of it, I, okay, go with me here. This is another weird anthropology thing okay. that I'm making a connection between. But it reminds me a lot of how it used to be that when someone would make a sign for their business, they wouldn't write words on it. If it was like, if it was, for example, a barber, it would just be a pair of scissors. Or if it was a tavern, it would just be like a mug of beer. Right, because a lot of people couldn't read. Right. And so I like this idea of a, a flower language that you just needed to be able to identify like the color and kind of flower, right, without reading the note that came with it. That you could just hand someone red roses and they'd be like, oh, I love you too. Sure. Yeah. Um, these, these kind of secret languages, though, weren't always about, you know, giving people flowers to give them an idea about you. There's a theory that a lot of the flower languages, like, beginning meetings came from harems in Turkey, um, where the, the ladies would pass messages to each other. Um, under the noses of their guards. Was there ever, is there anything in the flower language of like how to give someone flowers and insult them? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But first I'd like to go over some of the like reasons flowers mean what they do. Okay. Um, So there's like 
mythological roots, right? Um, things like pomegranates and apple blossoms mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. The Greek, the Romans, those there are a lot of mythological roots. Uh, there's also characteristics of the flowers themselves. Things like cabbage look kind of like money, right? Sure. Paper money. Why um, would someone give someone a bouquet of cabbage? I don't know. That's oh. uh, walnuts. If I mean, you included said, walnuts in your bouquet, it well, looks a little what? bit like brains. So they are meant for intellect. Um, if someone gives you a bouquet of cabbage and walnuts, they've just handed you a pretty healthy lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also medicinal and quote magical properties of some plants, things like uh, tansy, um, pennyroyal, rue, those sorts of things. Those three specifically were used by women to secretly induce abortion or miscarriage. Really? Um, So those sorts of things meant like, you must leave. I hate you. I declare war against you. Things like that. Okay. I mean, there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, And it's been mentioned in literature over and over again. Uh, People like Jane Austen and Emily Dickinson... They were avid gardeners, and they knew what these flowers meant. So the flowers that they give to each other in the in the novels meant something a little deeper, and everyone who read that would have known that the flowers meant something. Now, like I said, there are a lot of different dictionaries, so it really was kind of in your social circle yeah. which dictionary you passed around amongst your friends. Now, how secret was this was this the kind of thing where it's like i might have in the time read a book where someone did it and i wouldn't know until around the old water and hole the next day somebody said well you notice they gave her a yellow something something you know what that means and i'd be like wait what are you talking about or was this just like everyone above a certain social level and up knew that flowers had some kind of code to them that one okay yeah Like I said, it was a lot like emojis where, sure, a happy face that looks a certain way is still happy. But what does that the the crying while laughing face Mm -hmm. does the poop face mean something different from the regular? Oh, no, I've just been sending it to everyone. It does. I have to go make amends. (laughs) What was it I said I'd get back to? Uh, insulting ones. Insulting ones. I did find a really interesting bouquet detailed out. Um, so if someone wanted to be really passive aggressive, they might give you a bouquet of delphiniums, hydrangeas, uh-huh. oleander, basil, and bird's foot trefoil, meaning... You're heartless and haughty, and I hate you. Beware my revenge. Wow. Okay. I am into this. Um, If you got a mix of lupins, hollyhocks, white heather, and ragged robin, that means they are impressed with your imaginative wit and wish you good luck in all your ambitions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. This is a this is frivolous. This is a frivolous thing. Absolutely. Right? This idea of like the flowers mean something. But but 
if we could codify this Mm -hmm. into like a universal everyone agrees this thing right i kind of am on board with that you know i don't even think that it's important that it be codified because half of the fun is figuring out what the person means right and if there's multiple meanings it's even more fun because it's still ambiguous it's like it's like a, a cipher that you have to figure out and if you don't know exactly what it says there's more fun okay see i was coming at it from a different direction which was and we'll look at this when we do questions here in a minute a lot of questions we get here and that we get on like my brother my brother and me and stuff is all about like i'm not sure i'm not sure what signals they're sending whatever you guys hand them a thing and then you count and you're like okay well there's three red flowers in here there's four white flowers in here there's two yellow flowers and you go to a chart and you go down the x the x-axis and the y-axis and you're like oh they like me as a friend okay cool and like you're able to because maybe you can't think of the words to say in a note and you're not comfortable saying it out loud and you can go over and be like oh oh they want to go to coffee you know and it's just the language is there it's all clear um i i think that we should redo this but make like a stone cold locked in dictionary about what different flowers mean what what combination means what and then everyone uh just communicate via flowers from now on that would be fun for a while i think um let me list some of my favorite communications okay um let's see aloe someone gives you an aloe plant they're it wishing says, you oh you burned they're wishing you healing and okay. protection and affection right this makes sense yes. right um another thing is if they give you chamomile they want they are wishing you patience I don't know if that means be patient with me or I think you're very patient. Or it could just be like, I know you're going through a tough time right now, but be patient and it'll all blow over. It's sure. everything, everything in time. Um, sage. Wisdom? Yeah, okay. right? Um, so you mentioned roses in the opening. Here are the farmer's almanacs definitions of roses right so a dark red rose is meant to convey that the receiver is an unconscious beauty okay meaning they don't know how pretty they are uh yeah no i know oh. that's just that's a, a rhetoric that's been done oh i was like overdone this idea of like they just don't know how beautiful <laughs> they are it's gross the white rose is meant to convey purity innocence reverence or silence You know, uh, pink rose, grace, happiness, gentleness. See, I thought this was more like red rose is like, I love you. Yellow rose is like, I love you as a friend. Well, the yellow rose is meant to convey joy and friendship. Uh uh, The presence of a new beginning. Okay. Um, Orange rose, desire. Lavender rose, love at first sight. Uh, Coral rose is modesty and sympathy. Uh, a violet rose is said to be, uh, sorry, no, just violets, uh, said to be loyalty and faithfulness. So, like, there's... What, what about those carnations where someone's kind of sliced the bottom of the stem and put it in uh, red and blue water juice, you end up with a red, white, and blue carnation? What does that say? Patriotism. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I probably could have guessed that one, huh? 
We got a lot of questions. You want to get the questions? First, let's do some thank you notes. This week, Shreyers is sponsored in part by a a new new sponsor called Daily Harvest. Wouldn't it be great if you could have delicious... Well, let me put on a voice. Wouldn't it be great if every day you could have delicious Instagram-worthy meals... Hi, I'm Travis McElroy, and I'm here to talk to you about Daily Harvest. What well, you can get superfoods delivered to your door with day. I'm Mel Day. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when this was going to devolve into your usual Canadian trapper. I'm Mel Day. I think that just happened. Oh, but no. For, but for real here, Daily Harvest is great because. I want to eat healthy, but um, I don't want to have to chop up a million fruits and vegetables. So how does it work? Is it like, you know, they send you a box of like ingredients and then you make the thing? What? How? And I, this is hypothetical because I know how it works because we've used it, but I'm, I'm setting trees right, up. Right, to right. Okay. Well, so Daily Harvest will deliver to your door a selection of foods that are all packaged in cups. And then, and then what? And... Some of the cups contain smoothies. Uh huh. Some of the cups contain soups. Uh huh. Some of the cups contain oats. Uh huh. And some of the cups contain sundaes. Okay, so you get your breakfast, your lunch, your dessert. Yep. All in there. All in there, and all you have to do. So the instructions are super, super easy. Uh, they're all printed on the side of the cup, which is great for people like me. Um. Because you basically just add liquid and then you're done. So if you- it's a soup, you heat it up. If it's a smoothie, you blend it. If it's a, well, if it's also a sundae, you blend it. Um, and if it's your oats, you heat it up if you want to. Or you can do it overnight style by putting your milk in the night before and then eating it cold the next morning. Super, super easy. And you can find super easy. You can find out about it by going to daily-harvest.com. That's daily and then a dash and then harvest.com. Enter the promo code Schmanners, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, to get three items free in your first box. That's fr- promo code Schmanners for three free daily harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. It's daily the dash sign, you know, dash harvest.com. Let's talk about bras. <laughs> Did you know what? that most other bra ba- brands uh-huh. only carry about 15 sizes? Can I be honest with you? That does seem like a lot of sizes to me. What if I told you uh-huh. Third Love yeah. offers 60 sizes? That's way more. That's almost five times more. In- which includes. Because it is four times more. I just want to make right. that clear. Yes. Okay. Which includes double A through G. And half cup sizes. That's a revelation. Uh, never before had I heard about half cup sizes. Um, so what Third Love did is they took thousands of real women's measurements and they set out to create bras that fit better and feel great. Um, they are very well-made bras. They are satiny smooth. Um, and they also have uh, underwear as well if that's what you're into those are also very very smooth and very very soft um so you can do 
their Fit Finder quiz on their website, and you, it takes like just a minute, and you can, you know, find out what your size is and try it on at home because returns and exchanges are easy and free. So you can go to thirdlove.com slash schmanners now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove, T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Thirdlove.com slash schmanners. Yeah, Mark. Hey, buddy. Oh, hey, what's up, ma'am? Um, so I'm at this mafia restaurant. What? I'm going to go in and ask these guys what they think the best pasta shape is. Mark, they're probably eating it. I have a hunch that it's probably ravioli, but I mean, you know what? That's a good idea. Whatever they're eating, I'll just take a look in their bowls Why don't and you see what they have. Maybe There's supposed to be a big meeting there today. Can you see it from the street? That sounds really dangerous. So I'm just going to go inside and ask. Don't don't bother them. They're probably eating, you know. Well, look, I'm not threatened by them. How about we tell them what the best pasta is on our podcast? We got this with Mark and Hal. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank God. Tuesdays at 9? On MaximumFun.org. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Lori Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Alexander Forsyth, Summer, Morales, Matt and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. Okay, so we got some questions here. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of them are going to have the same answer. So we might have, as we keep coming to them, going, oh, this one. Uh, this is from Lauren. What's the difference in saying I love you but mean it platonically with flowers and I love you romantically? Well, so there are lots of different flowers that quote mean love and like i talked about earlier part of the the fun of saying it with flowers is that there's a lot of different interpretations um so what i would what i would do is i would tend to stray right away from the obvious love flowers right so like roses Uh are very traditionally associated with love and passion um but Maybe find something that's a little more obscure if even if it still means love to make it so that it's not quite so traditional feeling. You uh, you could. Uh, here's the other Does that thing. make sense? Yeah. To, to steer it a little way away from the language of flowers, though, I will also say, as with anything, giving a gift to anyone, I think it's important that you gauge are we that type of friends? And I don't mean, are you good enough friends to give flowers to each other? I mean, is your friend the type of person who would appreciate flowers? Oh, certainly. You know, it's that kind of thing of like, it, it all comes down to what the person, because that's the thing. It might not be that your friend misinterprets what mes- what signals you're sending with flowers. It might just be that they didn't want flowers. Or maybe a potted flower that they can water and care for and grow is a good way to say, I love you. Not in a spark of passion sort of way, but in an ongoing forever kind of way as friends. I don't know. Something like that. You know, it it seems to me like if you think your friend would take it as a friendly gesture, then go for it. 
So may I suggest, if you are interested in sending this sort of message, that you send an oak-leaved geranium, which is a pretty flower. Geraniums are nice. Uh, that is said to mean true friendship. Nice. Uh, this question is from Ponchi Panda, and Ponchi Panda asks, how socially acceptable is it to give flowers to someone you're romantically interested in, but you aren't officially dating? Now, the word officially there makes me want to interpret this as you and the person have expressed interest in each other and mm -hmm. not that you like them and they don't know that you and like they them. don't know that you like them um because i will say uh and you know what maybe somebody listening to this is going to want to text me and say no this happened to me and i loved it but i think that the idea of like secret admirer is a myth that that idea of like getting flowers from a mystery person is exciting and good I, I just don't think that's true. I don't think you should give presents of any kind to somebody to try to woo them unless you are already engaged in uh, uh, affection with each other. Does that I, make sense? I can dig that. Yeah. Um, I would say that I guess this isn't really wooing, but this is showing appreciation if you give flowers to an actor. Yeah, we're on we'll opening get to that night. Somebody asked about and we're going to talk about. Oh, OK, great. Flowers. But I think that the idea of like showing up to pick someone up for a date that has already been arranged and you want to bring them flowers. I don't know what they appreciate that. I think that's cute. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think so, nice too. I mean, because you've already discussed this kind of expectation. Yeah, we are going on a date. Yeah. But I think the idea of like showing up to a college class and handing flowers to someone you've had a crush on the whole time and never talked to, I I don't think that that's a good move, frankly. I, but that's just me. All right. But And I have a cold, dead heart. So <laughs> um, this question is from Anna. And Anna asks, I don't really want to feed into hyper-masculinative narrative that boys have to follow in our society, but is there a macho or cool way for a guy to give another guy flowers in a platonic way i think it was anna who asked uh about like uh her brothers wanting to give flowers to uh other guy friends at performances in theater uh, i mean it is completely acceptable at performances in in theater or dance or i mean i guess even if you wanted to give flowers to a musician things like that is at performance completely acceptable just give flowers to whoever you want to if they perform. Um, um, but gonna... like, I think that again, to echo like relationship, I think that that's really what you have to decide. What is your relationship like? If it's the kind of relationship where you exchange things like flowers, go for it. I'm going to remove the word macho and just say, is there a cool way for someone to give flowers to another person? I'm going to say, yeah, confidently. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I, I have lots of guy friends that I would think it was really nice if they gave me. I, in fact, if anyone gave me flowers, I would think it was very nice. You know what I mean? Because really, all you're saying with flowers is, I thought of you and I thought you would like this. Yeah. And so in this scenario, though, flowers can be lots of different things. You know, it can be a six pack of beer. It can <laughs> be a bag of Skittles. It can be a new video game. It can be a fun. Oh, hat. remember that movie where Will Ferrell gave uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal a box of flowers? Yeah, because it's all different, like bread flour. 
that's the thing. It's like, so if if you have a friend who you think would like flowers, I don't think worrying about gender should stop you from doing it because I think that that is uh, an unnecessary concern. If you think they would like it, you're probably right and you should do it for them because I think that 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 kind of display of like, hey, I thought about you and I thought you would like this is nice. But once again, for friends, not for that person you've had a crush on in class the whole time. (laughs) Um, Now, I like this question a lot because I don't know the answer to it. From Vicky. Would it be a similar gesture to give someone fake flowers over real flowers because they last longer? Hmm. Um. Now, to this point, Teresa's wedding bouquet was fake flowers. Yes. Because we wanted it to, you know, not rot. Right. I wanted to be able to keep my bouquet. Um. Because it was important to me that I that I keep it. Yeah, <laughs> obviously we, we did the same with boutonnieres and right. And yeah, and everything. all of the flowers for our nuptials were. I don't like the way you, you know said what? that word. Nup- I don't mind nup- the word nuptials. I just don't like the way you use that at. All right, you really hit nup there in a way that I'm not comfortable <laughs> with. Nuptials. All of the flowers for that occasion were silk. Were fake yeah. flowers. Um, I wanted to be a little thrifty. And I also wanted to keep them. Yeah. Um, also, so, way less concern of crushing yeah. fake flowers when someone puts a jacket on or sits mm-hmm. down or something. Um, about giving someone fake flowers, I suppose, uh, you know, this, this goes back to relationship again. Because if you feel like giving someone a potted plant or a bouquet of flowers is telling them, here, take care of this and watch it die, then give the, if you gave them silk flowers, they wouldn't have to do that. They don't, you don't, they're easy upkeep. You just dust them. Um, and it's, it's nice to display flowers all the time. So if that's the kind of relationship that you have and you think that this person would enjoy those flowers more than fresh cut flowers, go for it. Well, and that's the thing. Fresh cut flowers, uh, I don't know why Teresa made it sound like you like to watch something die in your home, but it <laughs> there's a certain uh, vibe that's thrown off by uh, real flowers that's basically like, hey, spur of the moment. Like, that's what I think whenever you see it, it in movies and TV, the shorthand is like, I was just so moved to get this for I saw these and thought of you and it inspired you know like yeah and I think that's a perfectly fine vibe but I think that the rest of Vicky's question is and I save this for this very reason is my GF and I have done them as small gifts to each other and sometimes uh they've sprayed perfume on them to make the flowers smell nicer cool so yeah. if you and your GF like doing it do top it notch. it's great <laughs> that's this, awesome uh, approval from Schmieners. uh this question is from uh <laughs> I love when people make me read their Twitter names. This is from Chicken Fixings, who asks, <laughs> best flowers to wear in your lapel or buttonhole. Also, where did that come from and what does it mean? And here's the only thing I know about, like, a lapel, like a boutonniere or buttonhole. Usually you have, like, a little kind of uh, surged, you know, uh, sewn open hole in your... Sewn open. You know what I mean. It's Yeah. yeah in your lapel and you put a flower in there. I have seen that only used as a specific meaning for if you're matching 
somebody like if you're doing a boutonniere to a corsage or a boutonniere to a boutonniere or like everybody in a certain group is all wearing the same flower that's the only time i've ever seen it worried about like it meaning something otherwise i think it's just nice um well again this actually goes back to the victorians um because not only giving a flower would convey a message wearing a flower would convey a message um something like oh let's see uh in the 1890s oscar wilde famously asked his friends and supporters to wear green carnations which he simultaneously hinted would represent homosexuality and claimed that they had no meaning at all right so there was kind of a mixed message in in the wearing i guess people say what's the is it red peonies is that what people wear in like i think scotland i see over in the uk poppies Poppies, yes so these things were called tussy mussies right incarnation no 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 just the idea of uh talking bouquets right so they were very small sometimes called nosegays you've heard this as well um and these were the ones that were designed to be worn as boutonnieres or corsages. So these were little kind of like little ways of people to express themselves in a highly repressive Victorian society, okay. right? So that's where the idea of boutonnieres and corsages came about because these were kind of like secret messages about yourself. Okay. Interesting. Okay, now before we wrap up, you wanted to talk specifically about uh, some a bouquet message or something. I uh, was only half paying attention. What, <laughs> what is it you wanted to talk about? Well, so the idea of uh, floriography really kind of vanished after the World Wars um, because a lot of energy was being put to, to other things. And it just kind of people weren't interested in this uh, opulence that came with... Uh, growing your own flowers. You might be able to hear our baby (laughs) screaming in the background. That is actually a happy scream as she is playing with a friend of ours. And (laughs) it does sound like she is in, I don't know, panic. (laughs) She's she's happy. She's having a great time. happy noises. Um, It it really fell out of favor as as the opulence of it left. Like people didn't have greenhouses anymore. You know, gardens became more about food and less about flowers and things like that. Um, But Uh, Princess Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, uh, in her marriage to Prince William, included the symbolism of her flower bouquet. She had Lily of the Valley, um, which actually comes from Queen Victoria's garden, which has been on the premises of the palace for like 150 years, which is awesome. Um, She included Sweet William, which, I mean... Is, is, Obvi- a, yeah. is a little obvious, but on the nose, yes. Technically, it means gallantry, mm-hmm. right? Uh, hyacinth, which has a couple meanings. Um, one language says it represents sport or play, and those two are very sporty. Um, at the other meaning is the consistency of love. Oh, that's nice. Uh, also, was included myrtle, which is a royal tradition. Um, again, going back to Queen Victoria's garden. It is the emblem of love and marriage. Cool. Oh, wait. One more. And ivy. She used ivy leaves, uh, which also stand for marriage, fidelity, friendship, and affection. Oh, how nice. 
Okay, well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, real quick, we got some interesting wrap-ups. One, this is the last week to get your uh, booking on the Joko Cruise. I think the bookings end on the 10th. Um, so if you've been waiting for the last minute, this is it. And then I believe the cruise says, I actually, I know, the cruise sets off on the 18th. So, yes, this is a little tight, but it's not too late. You can still sign up. And I think they just opened up registration for 2019, or they will be very soon. But that is going to be leaving from the East Coast in 2019. So that's another thing to look at. Um, also, along those same lines of, of I guess, running out of time, I... Um, <laughs> I am putting together a secret society show here in Cincinnati. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show before, but basically um, how it's going to work is I'm going to tell you where it is, when it is, and how to get tickets. But who is going to be the guests? That is the secret. That is the mystery. Um, And you will find out when you get there. And right now, um, I will. So I'm calling it the Cincinnati Underground Society Show or CUS. And right now it's about 75% sold out. Did you guys hear my eye roll? Cuss. Um, <laughs> it's going to be March 30th, and it's already 75% sold out. So if you haven't gotten tickets yet, uh, you probably want to do that. There's less uh, than, well, I, last I checked, there's less than 80 left. Um, the tickets are $15, and once I've paid off the expenses of the show, 50% of profits are going to go towards next month's show, because I'm going to try to make it a monthly thing, and the other 50% I'm going to donate to a local Cincinnati charity. Um, so if you want to find out about it, you can get tickets at bit.ly uh, forward slash March C-U-S-S-M-A-R-C-H, uh, or you can go to cuss.live, uh, that's the website that will basically redirect you to get tickets. Um, <laughs> and so get those. Tell people to come. Come have a fun secret society type evening. I've got six guests lined up for this first one that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, let's see. Go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. There's a ton on there. You're going to find a bunch that you love. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentofloss Black, for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are sold. We also like to thank Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter art and Keely Weiss Photography for our Facebook banner, which is a fan-run Facebook page called Schmanners Fanners. And that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.